Welcome to Sensitive But Unstoppable, where we celebrate the depth and richness of the highly sensitive person's world. Join us as we dive into intimate conversations that honor sensitivity as a superpower rather than a hurdle to jump over. In each episode, your host, Maggie Kelly, shares personal stories as well as unravels tips and expert insights designed to empower HSPs to thrive, setting the stage for embracing their unique qualities in a world that sometimes feels too overwhelming. Please welcome the host of Sensitive But Unstoppable, Maggie Kelly. Welcome back to Sensitive But Unstoppable. My name is Maggie Kay, and so glad you are with me on this journey. Today, we're going to have a conversation with Carl Richards. Carl has spent more than 25 years behind the microphone on radio and on stage, entertaining and influencing audiences worldwide. He's a three times best-selling author, TEDx speaker and emissary, the host of two podcasts, and is the founder and the CEO of Podcast Solutions Made Simple. Carl helps coaches, consultants, and other subject matter experts become the go-to expert and elevate their credibility by launching world-class podcasts. He lives with his spouse in Gananoque, Ontario, Canada, where he enjoys camping and boating in the Thousand Islands. Without further ado, I'd like to say welcome, Carl. Maggie, thank you so much. You're the only person that's interviewed me that can properly pronounce Gananoque. We must live fairly close to one another. It must be that, but I'm so blessed to be here today. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Yes. So tell me a little bit about yourself. We've read the bio, but you were in broadcasting, I gather. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I spent 25 years in radio broadcasting, as you already indicated. But man, the story doesn't start there. It goes way, way, way back because you would think that broadcasting would be the last place I would be because when I was a kid, I stuttered horribly. I couldn't get out three or four words without stammering and stuttering. So that was a very crazy time because here I am this four, five, six-year-old and 1970s too. So my mother dressed me funny and I couldn't speak right. right? It was just just a, a combination of a number of different things. But seriously, it was so bad that for the longest time, I was terrified to speak. So if I had to speak, and Maggie, you would remember this, you know, the teacher would call you in school and they'd say, stand up and read a page or a chapter or whatever in the book. And you'd have to stand at your desk and you'd have to read. And I would tremble. I was terrified to do it. And for some reason, somewhere around the age of 12, I gained a little bit of courage, I guess you could say. And I foolishly raised my hand in church (laughs) one day and said, sure, I'll read from the Bible. I'll read that passage. I went to the front of the room, went to the front of the sanctuary at the appropriate time in the service. And I started to read from this. Don't even remember what the passage was, but I started reading this passage. And of course, without fail, I started to stutter. And I became flush and I became just this, my body felt like it was on fire and I was trembling and I was probably dripping in sweat. It wasn't until the minister, all right, so he was behind me, came put a hand on my shoulder to calm me down and started reading the passage with me that I was able to finish it. Oh my heavens, you must have been embarrassed. Did you feel humiliated? Humiliated. 
I couldn't believe. And it was around that time too that, and again, I think this had been a work in progress, but my parents tried so hard. They didn't know what to do. And they said, hey, Carl, you're going to read from the church. Great. Maybe that'll help you. No, it didn't. <laughs> if anything, it terrified me even more. But they said, you know what? We're going to get you into speech therapy. And at that time, they would usually have a speech therapist come around the school every three to six months. That wasn't enough. They actually got me to go to speech therapy every single week for two years. So from the age of 12 to the age of 14, after that episode in church, not being able to finish that short passage, I spent two years in speech therapy. And wow, was it ever an eye-opening experience? I thought I was the only person on planet Earth who stuttered. There I am in a room with six or seven other boys my age and they all stutter or stammer or they have a list but they have something going on so there we are we're having a conversation we're listening to our speech therapist we're learning all about stuttering but and how did it affect you though carl how did that oh, affect my goodness. you oh my goodness i mean that's very traumatic for a child you know it's almost like were you bullied Kids are horrible human beings. I, and I love kids, but they really are because they haven't learned social cues, right? They're still learning. They're still developing. But man, kids, if they hear something funny or peculiar, what do they do? They laugh. So every time I would stammer and stutter, Aww. my friends would be like, you know, at the front. So there I am struggling and, I, and my friends are laughing at me. And friends, I call them friends, but you know, classmates, they're laughing at me. I wasn't bullied the way that some kids are today, but I was still picked up. I was still bullied a fair amount. I had an older brother who was kind of my protector. So he was always there to help me up. Some of his friends happened to pick on me and mm -hmm. say, hey, look, Carl, the stutter. <laughs> so I always had that big brother to sort of look out yeah. for me. And he was really good that way. But man, oh man, it was just this awkward feeling. I always wanted to like crawl under a rock and just hide and never come out and see the world. But again. how did you get into broadcasting? What ever possessed you? What, <laughs> uh, what was the turn? How would you do this to yourself? <laughs> how would you torture yourself even more? You crazy human. That's exactly. Why would you do that to you? <laughs> But no, and you're so creative, happens? though. You know, this is a podcast for sensitive people. Obviously, you are unstoppable, aren't you? Because you got right into it. Not only did I get right into it, here was the turning point. Going back to speech therapy from age 12 to 14. And what happened was one of the things that stuck with me, and there were a lot of things we learned in that two years, but our speech therapist said, and this resonated with me. The only person in control of your speech is you. Okay. Mm -hmm. The only person in control of your speech is you. And that was so powerful. I really took that to heart. After the wow. two years and after practice, of course, and practice for when you stutter, the practice is understanding that when you feel you're going to stutter, Really, a person who stutters, what they're trying to do is block the stutter. They don't want to make a mistake. They want really? their speech to be perfect. Yeah. There's a huge psychology to this. And by the way, I'm not a speech pathologist, but that's why people have studied this for years to try and figure out mm -hmm. what is it that makes somebody stutter. But how do you help someone who stutters not stutter or manage their stutter? So a person who stutters is actually can be referred to as a blocker because they're trying to block the stutter. So what you're taught how to do in speech therapy is ju 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 just go with it. So you don't st 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 stammer. So you can st 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 still keep talking. 
So you sort of pattern it out a little bit and it eventually becomes second nature and it becomes ingrained within you. So why broadcasting? I built a certain amount of confidence from that. So by the time I became a teenager, and yes, everyone goes through those awkward teenage years, I was bullied less, but I wasn't athletic. I was in band, right? I was the artsy type, not the oh, athletic type. So, right? okay. So you, but I still you, had the confidence. You, yeah, but you could be possibly HSP. I could be HSP. I could yes, be HSP. You, so why broadcasting? I always wanted to be an actor. And my ah. dad at the time, we had did a screen test in Toronto. This is going back. Oh, I was 14. We'd done a screen test and he didn't have the money at the time. He said, Carl, I'd love to send you to acting lessons, this acting school thing that you want to do. I just don't have the money. So okay. I said, okay, that's fine. Whatever. It was, mm -hmm. you know, I'm 14. You can't do it. You can't do it. Right. So I said, mm -hmm. you know what? If I can't do this acting thing, what have I gotten to radio and radio back then radio was still in the mid eighties was still this exciting character building. You turn on the radio every morning or afternoons, you hear these different characters and all kinds of different things on the radio. It's evolved a lot over yes. the years. It's more information based, but back then, especially AM radio, top 40 radio, it's all about the characters. It's all about having some laughs and it evolved into what I later found out was theater of the mind. And so you could almost be in this place where you could have the same amount of fun and almost be acting or creating wow. characters or creating program. Mm -hmm. And I loved radio. I love what it did. I absorbed it so much. Not only that, but there are so many people who were in the television world or in the acting world who got their start in radio. You know, Lauren Green. And you were Alex good Trebek. at it though. You were good at radio. You were yeah, really good. I, I'd like to think I was. but Yeah, so, you were. But yeah, I was. And what I really liked about it was, again, the sky was the limit. As long as you're within the realm of, you're not breaking the rules, right? You're not cursing and swearing. You're not mm -hmm. doing things that are going against the grain, right? When you listen to some of those older radio programs from the 80s, it's funny how I say the 80s is older. But when you <laughs> listen to radio from then and you listen to what the DJs were doing and what they were saying, that was so ingrained in what I wanted to do. But I just needed to have the confidence to do it. And I did. I graduated high school with that in my heart, ended up going to community college, spent two years, graduated at the top of my class. And that message that I got mm. from speech therapy, the only person in control of your speech or the only person in control of your speaking is you, I carried that and I still carry it through in my business. Wow. So I think it's because yeah. of that, that I was able to navigate my career that way. So how did you get into podcast solutions made simple? I mean, obviously, it's moving forward and all that yeah. sort of thing, the same field. But why would you get out of radio that's so exciting and set up your own business? Again, there's oh. that creativity, right? Yes, because we all know that setting up business is fun and creative, and you're going to make lots of money doing it in your first no. It's actually, you know what? What really happened was in 2010, I lost my first job. And they say, you haven't made it in radio until you've been fired at least once. So I'm like, yes, I've been but fired you twice. Fired. I must be an expert. At you weren't fired. Oh, no, I was fired. I was let go. I was part of what they call corporate restructuring. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Corporate restructuring. We no longer need you. Right. And I remember feeling at the time feeling so decimated. So what happened though, was I was heavily involved in Toastmasters at the time. And mm -hmm. I had gained a lot of confidence in Toastmasters after having so many years in my career, it was going well. And then all of a sudden it felt like the rug had been pulled out from under me. But I had a colleague who said, and this is on our way home from a Toastmasters conference. She said, you're so good at speaking. You've got this radio thing behind you and you're so good at speaking. Why don't you become a speech coach? Not a speech therapist, but a speech coach. And I said, you know what? That's interesting. Let me think on that. So I did. I started a part-time business doing speaker training, helping people 
people elevate their speaking skills by, you know, giving them tools so they can overcome stage fright, teaching them how to use their voice better, gestures, movement, and stuff like that. So a little bit above what Toastmasters was doing, but that was my foundational training. But I knew I had to get out of that space and take proper training as well. And that went well, but then something told me, they say that once you've been bitten by the radio bug, it's like it stays in your bloodstream. It's like you can't get out of it. So I used to say to people, I bleed magnetic tape, right? I bleed radio. <laughs> so I ended up getting back into radio and it started out as a part-time gig getting back in about 2011, which evolved into full-time, which evolved into doing a morning show. And that was my last position in 2020 was a morning show. But I still had this part-time business thing that I was doing, doing speaker training, which I did fairly successfully. But by part-time, if I made $10,000 a year part-time, that was a good year, right? Really wasn't putting a lot of effort into it. But it was in around 2012. So I guess my second year doing the speaker training thing, to answer your question about the podcast, somebody came to me and said, oh, you're doing speaker training, public speaking training. Mm -hmm. You should have a podcast. Maggie, I don't know what you know about the history of the podcasting world, but go back to 2012. Podcasts were still, they've been around for about 10 years, but Uh still very much in their infancy. A lot of people didn't have podcasts. It was still this unknown thing. And I remember my colleagues saying, you should start a podcast. I'm like, what's a podcast? What is that thing? And even after they explained it, I'm like, no, why would I want that? It took five years for me to figure out this is an amazing place to be. Yes, as a speaker trainer, especially I should have one. But not only that, every business owner who's looking to market themselves as the expert needs to be in this space. That was 2018. That was foresight thinking though, in a way, wasn't it? Then, yeah. It really was because yes. in 2018, when I was putting my podcast together, there were 750,000 podcasts worldwide. There's now five wow. million. So in five what? years, the industry has grown, not just on speaking, but the whole world in general, the whole podcasting space in general has grown almost wow. tenfold in that time. And it keeps evolving. But what I needed to do is I needed to figure out what it meant for me and how it was going to work. And I did. And I kept doing the speaker training until 2020, COVID-19 hit. Again, I'm in this great place in my broadcasting career. COVID-19 hits and everything is shuttered, right? Radio Mm. is going through a tumultuous time because what pays the bills for radio? Advertising. Nobody's Mm. advertising. Nobody's open. How can they advertise, right? So I was one of the first people to be let go from the radio world, from the group of stations I was working with. That was a huge opportunity to pivot a part-time business and speaker training, to turn it into full-time. And because there were no live stages, everyone's getting on virtual stages. That was the perfect time to pivot and help people get on and get into the podcasting space. And, and it started ex- with training. Yeah, but you're Go so ahead. good at it. I mean, you're got me along in my podcast efforts. And and you're very... doing a great job, by the way. You're doing well, a phenomenal thank you. job. Thank you. But Carl, the thing is, you've got to find somebody you can trust. Mm-hmm. There's so much mm-hmm. out there. It's finding the people you can trust. And so perfect solution for me. We work well together. You've brought me a long way. You've helped me. You've helped all the little intricacies involved in setting up a podcast. Including positioning the microphone the right way. Like it sounds like a a silly thing, but there are people that come into this space and go, I don't even know how to set up my microphone. Just like you, but now it's amazing how that confidence builds. And to your point of, you know, I might be HSP, I can certainly. 
be that. And I've never gone. Oh, I should send you the test. Send you the quiz. It's not a test. It's a quiz. I should send you the quiz. Then we can have another podcast and you can tell us all about <laughs> because oh, I think there's, there's a certain validity in what I've learned from you about this space is a lot of people in that creative space, a lot of them, and I don't know what the percentage is you do. That's why you're the expert in this space. And by the way, I'm anyone who wants to learn about HSP, Maggie's your person. <laughs> but anyone that's in that creative space likely has some HSP quality or whatever you want to call it to them from what you've shared? Well, it affects 15 to 20% of the population, but you know what? An awful lot of people don't even know they're HSP, like myself. Mm. I didn't even know. I had yeah. no idea. When I found out, wow, I wanted to jump from the mountaintops. I'm normal. <laughs> I'm not as messed up as I thought I was. But I think that you make a very interesting point with that because I think artistic people Mm -hmm. always and maybe i'm painting it with a very wide brush when i say always but as an artistic person i'll put myself in that place i always feel like there's something extremely different about me i'm not a physical person i never played team sports i suck at golf i try to do it but but i <laughs> and i enjoy it but i'm not a physical person i'm not a sports person i don't go to games and enjoy them i go maybe for social time i don't sit and watch football on sunday afternoons and go wow that was awesome is not me and I go am I normal sometimes I say yeah am I, well am I a lot really of HSPs say that am I normal I mean I know I'm different but I don't know why and there's that feeling too for everyone that'll say did you see the game last night I'm like game what <laughs> game there was a game I mean it's the, the Super Bowl or something like that or the Grey Cup something that people talk about all the time that's a Stanley Cup a big game like that okay yeah I might know something but I'm still not actively paying attention to it. I'm more the person that'll be, you know, coming through television. I'll be like, oh, the such and such awards are on, you know, the BAFTAs or the Academy Awards and anything that's related to the arts, theater, music, drama, movies, I'm tuned in. I mean, yeah. as interesting as sometimes oh, those yeah. shows can not be, I'm tuned in. I want to see what's happening. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting, you know, being mm -hmm. HSP is definitely, but once you find out and you discover that, your world definitely changes. Wow. I'm excited to take that quiz and find out more. Yeah. To see. And maybe there is a need now then for a follow up conversation. You can hot seat coach me or something like that <laughs> through it and say, well, what about such, this? Face such a good sense of humor. <laughs> and I dress myself now. So I think I have a good sense of style too. It used to be my mother's <laughs> Now I got so. <laughs> oh, This is amazing. <laughs> Well, Carl, is there anything else that you want to share with us before we sort of... I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be your, your first official guest on the show. I know you have a lot more lined up and a lot of great things that you'll be sharing with your listeners. From working with you, it is a very important topic. And it's not only my hope, it's my mandate as the person with you to really help people and help you get the listeners and get the support that you need because this needs to be talked about more. We talk about- Well, it's a mission for me. It's I'm on a mission. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I guess the only other thing I can share with people is as far as podcasting goes, I mean, Maggie's a phenomenal person for taking the leap of faith, shall we say, that first step on the bridge, not knowing that the bridge is actually there. <laughs> To be in the podcasting space. If you're feeling that way too, then feel free to reach out. My information will be in the chat. We have one-on-one -on -one work, kind of like what Maggie and I are doing, opportunities. But we also have boot camps that are sort of introductory that allow you to get a taste because I think this is the future. This is where marketing is going. It's not 
in newspapers. It's not in conventional radio or television. It's in that on-demand space, podcasting, videos, places like that. So to find out more information, I'll make sure, Maggie, that it's all available for you so you can post it in the chat. But that's what yeah, I can share. Yeah, and and check us out, podcastsolutionsmadesimple.com. Oh, Thank yeah. You. So I just want to reiterate what Carl has said. It's been great chatting with you. And you've just told us how people can get in touch with you, which is phenomenal. The links will be available. We'll put that out to you people. But if anyone feels the need that they want to question what they could be highly sensitive, I would definitely drop me a line. And reach out to me and we can talk and take it from there. But I want to wish everyone a great day. And thank you for hopping onto our podcast. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to Sensitive But Unstoppable. If you have a question or comment about something Maggie shared with you today, send her an email, K at sensitivebutunstoppable.com. For more information, visit her website, sensitivebutunstoppable.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast channel so you never miss an episode. Until next time, thanks for listening to Sensitive But Unstoppable.